0: With Richard Holdridge. And a good morning to everybody out there in West Georgia. And welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. On this Thursday morning, we have got a great show for you. I'm going to talk about the home opener for the Columbus Rapids. It is finally here at the Civic Center tonight against the Fayetteville Fury. Going to recap some of the bowl games last night. Did Clemson actually have a pretty good year after starting the season 4-3? and three? And once again, LeBron James cannot save the Los Angeles Lakers as they lose to the Memphis Grizzlies 104-99. All right, before we start this show... This is it. This is the big night for National Indoor Soccer League in Columbus as the home opener against the Fayetteville Fury will take place tonight at the Columbus Civic Center. Now, tickets are on sale, and you will be able to get in to both games. And it is going to be electrifying, and game time crew is going to be down there early, and we're going to get things set up. And I will have the call at 5.30, and you can listen to that game on the Columbus Rapids YouTube channel and Beam 7. Just a little bit about my play-by-play soccer background. I called play-by-play soccer in college, but just four games. It was kind of a test run. It was the inaugural season for our collegiate soccer program. And it was a challenge because we had no commercial breaks. And that was the outdoor game. The indoor game is a little bit more fast-paced. It's the same dimensions as a hockey arena, pretty much hockey rules. And I've been studying that first broadcast between the Memphis Americans to try to get the terminology down. I'm going to make the broadcast exciting, and I'm looking forward to it. So local action in sports around Columbus. The River Dragons are on the road tonight in Biloxi, Mississippi, to take on the Port Huron Prowlers. Then they will be back at the Civic Center tomorrow and Saturday for a New Year's Eve and New Year's Day special once again against the Port Huron Prowlers. And the River Dragons are currently in third place in the Federal Prospects Hockey League with a record of 8-5-3. So we got some exciting times at the Columbus Civic Center and you don't want to miss it. So we had some College bowl games last night, starting with the Maryland Terrapins. That was all over Virginia Tech, fifty-four to ten in the new era Pinstripe Bowl. Maryland is now seven and six on the season. One game that was a defensive battle was between very two talented teams, Clemson and Iowa State. Now, Iowa State had a pretty disappointing year as they were a top 10 program, but they lost to teams like Iowa, they lost to Baylor, they lost to West Virginia and Texas Tech. They lose to Oklahoma, so Clemson defeated Iowa State in the Cheez-It Bowl, and Dabo Sweeney gets dumped with a bucket of Cheez-It. It It was kind of a cool moment. Clemson finishes the season with a 10-3 record, and you got to wonder... I know we were writing off Clemson when they were 4-3 and after losing to Pittsburgh, but they won six straight, they pick up their ten wins this season, and I know we talked about Clemson being a disappointment, but they actually finished strong and had a pretty good year. They're going to get the number one recruit in the nation for quarterback. We always look at Clemson as this team that makes the college football playoff every year, and this was considered a down year, and 10 wins is a down year. Sign me up. No, they weren't competing for an ACC title. They rallied off six straight wins, and they should be back into the college football playoff consideration once again next year as they will be getting ready to reload. Now, they're not going to have their defensive coordinator, Brent Venables, who's now gone on to Oklahoma. So that's something to watch out for, for next season. You had Oklahoma beating Oregon. 47-32, 47-32, to 32. Oklahoma was coached by Bob Stoops in this game. Freshman quarterback Caleb Williams had three touchdown passes. And Oregon dropped three of the last four contests. Of course, their head coach, Mario Cristobal, has gone on to the University of Miami. They are getting defensive coordinator from the University of Georgia, Dan Lanning. You got Thibodeau that's going to the NFL draft. He's expected to be the number one pick. And everybody thought that the departure of Lincoln-Riley would hurt Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's going to be just fine. Just wait until they get into the SEC. They'll go from a college football playoff contender to a team that wins seven or eight wins and gets into a bowl game. I don't know if Oklahoma is going to be able to be a national powerhouse in the SEC. Bowl games on today. We're getting so much closer to that college football playoff. You got the Duke Mayo's Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina. North Carolina taking on South Carolina. Sam Howell with a down year for the Tar Heels. I mean, just think—they finished the year six and six. Remember, they were a preseason top ten. They lose to Virginia Tech in the opener. They lose to Georgia Tech. They had two really bad losses. They lost to Georgia Tech and Florida State. And North Carolina rides the ship. They finished six and six. And they're taking on a South Carolina team that also finished six and six, but nobody expected this from first-year head coach Shane Beamer. Now South Carolina is going to look a lot different next year with the transfer Spencer Rattler coming to the Gamecocks. But South Carolina has had some tough losses, including to Missouri, but they were they were able to beat Auburn and they were able to beat Florida to get bowl eligible. Of course, they finished the regular season losing to Clemson thirty to nothing, but they got bowl eligible, and now they're playing their border rival, the North Carolina Tar Heels at three o'clock on ESPN. We have Tennessee taking on Purdue in the Music City Bowl in Nashville, practically a home game for the Vols. They are expected to show up in Nashville. Purdue had a pretty good year, giving Michigan State an upset loss, and then. Finishing the year strong, they lost some of the games they lost to. Purdue had two upset wins over top ten programs, and then fell to Ohio State 59 to 31. They won the last two next game. They won the next two games to get Bowl eligible. And now they're taking on a Tennessee team in first year as Josh Hypel in his first year of head coaching. Josh Hypel leading the Volunteers to a seven and five record. Some of their key wins included a win over Kentucky. They beat the teams they had to beat, like Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. And they were led by the transfer from Virginia Tech, Hendon Hooker. And Josh Heupel has got this team in the right direction. I think Tennessee will be fine for years to come. He's a pretty good head coach. Tennessee is favored in this contest by 6.5 points. All right, here in Georgia, we have the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. The Pitt Panthers taking on the Michigan State Spartans. That's going to be at 7 o'clock on ESPN. No Kenny Pickett for the Panthers as he has opted out to enter the NFL Draft. And no Kenneth Walker for the Michigan State Spartans as he is also opting out for the NFL Draft. I feel bad for the fans that if they're going to this bowl game, they're not going to see star players, and that's what I want to see. Otherwise, this game is meaningless. But the Peach Bowl has always been a staple in the Atlanta community. I remember going to three Peach Bowls, back when it was called the Chick-fil-A Bowl, back when it was a tradition where the number 2 ACC team would take on the number 5 SEC team. And some of the Peach Bowl games I have been to... In 2009, I saw South Carolina taking on Florida State. In 2010, I saw Auburn taking on Virginia. Well, that was a crazy game because Auburn had like 80% fans. It was pretty much, even though Virginia kind of has the same colors as Auburn, you could tell who the Auburn fans were. Auburn had like 80% of their fans in the Georgia Dome. That was back in 2010. And then 2011, I went to see Clemson and LSU. But that was when LSU had a down year with Les Miles, and Clemson wasn't quite Clemson just yet. And then in the nightcap in the Las Vegas Bowl, we have Wisconsin taking on Arizona State. Both teams 8-4, and and Wisconsin is favored by 6. Wisconsin actually had kind of a down year after losing to Minnesota. I mean, four losses was a very disappointing year for Wisconsin. Losing to Penn State, losing to Michigan, losing to Notre Dame. Last night in the National Basketball Association, the Atlanta Hawks dropped their second straight contest to the Chicago Bulls. Two losses in three nights. The Bulls defeated the shorthanded Hawks 131-117. to Trey Young led the way for the Hawks with 26 points. However, it was a bunch of who's who out on the court. The Hawks have 80% of their players that are in COVID protocol. I mean, who are these guys? You got a guy on the team named Chauncey Chandy Brown Jr who scored 16 points. He was entered into the starting lineup. You have Malcolm Hill who came off the bench and scored 13 points and Cameron Oliver also scored 13 points off the vent off the bench. The Atlanta Hawks are now 15 and 19 on the season and they will travel to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers Friday night hoping they can get their players back because Trey Young said that he doesn't even recognize his teammates. They only have three players from that original roster that was inserted in the starting lineup. John Collins is out. Onyeka Okongru is out. Bogdan Boganovich is out. Kevin Herter has been out. Kevin Herter has been out. The Memphis Grizzlies rallied from a 13-point deficit to beat the Los Angeles Lakers 104-99. to John Morant leads the way with 41 points. LeBron James is just playing too many minutes. 38 minutes, he's trying to carry this Lakers franchise with Anthony Davis out with an injury. The Los Angeles Lakers are currently 17-19, and 19, and they will take on the Portland Trailblazers on New Year's Eve. They currently hold the eighth seed in the playoffs, and LeBron can't do it all. Russell Westbrook had another triple-double, but it doesn't matter when you have five turnovers and you don't impact the game. I think even if the Lakers are completely healthy, they're going to run into problems in the Western Conference if they have to take on a healthy Phoenix Suns team and a healthy Golden State Warriors team. Both teams are tied in the Western Conference with the same record as the Phoenix Suns defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder 115-97. The Utah Jazz defeated the Portland Trailblazers 120-105 to to push their record to 25-9. They are currently in third place in the Western Conference. And congratulations to the Sacramento Kings for getting a big victory over the Dallas Mavericks 95-94 as Chimizi Metu hits a three-point shot at the buzzer. And don't look now, but the Sacramento Kings are only a half game behind the San Antonio Spurs for the 10th and final spot in the playoff race. Now, the Sacramento Kings hold the longest NBA playoff drought as they have not made the playoffs since 2006. That is a long time. That's a lot of lottery picks over the years. And I blame the GMs, but I also blame the revolving door of head coaches. After they fired Rick Adelman in 2006, they've had a bunch of who's who coaches like Eric Musselman and Reggie Theus and Mike Malone and George Carl. and They recently fired Luke Walton, and now Alvin Gentry is their head coach. I do like their point guards. They drafted Tyrese Halliburton. They they drafted Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell. And De'Aaron Fox is a pretty good point guard. But you can't just win with nothing but point guards. I mean, they whiffed on players like Nick Stauskis and Jimmer Fredette and Thomas Robinson, Ben McLemore, and recently Marvin Bagley III. Are you kidding me? I thought that this guy was going to be a superstar, and then all of a sudden they draft him. And they completely whiffed on him. I know he's been injury prone. But Marvin Bagley III, I expected a lot more out of him. And I thought he was going to be a superstar in this league by now. So good luck to the Sacramento Kings. I hope that they make it back into the playoffs and snap that awful losing streak. And that awful drought of not making the playoffs since 2006. Local college basketball action last night. Congratulations to the Lagrange Panthers for defeating Birmingham Southern 189 in the Emory Classic up in Atlanta. This by far was the biggest win all year for the Lagrange Panthers, and they're currently five and seven on the year. And they will take on Wisconsin Whitewater today at two o'clock at the Emory Classic up in Atlanta. The LaGrange Panthers have to finish strong before they start USA South Conference play. And don't forget that the Lady Cougars of Columbus State will take on Columbia International University today at the Lumpkin Center. The Lady Cougars are 6-5 on the season as they get ready to take on a non-conference opponent. Well, the Auburn Tigers continue winning after defeating LSU 70-55 to thanks to Walker Kessler's Three block shots. What? Walker Kessler had a triple double with a career high 11 block shots. He chipped in with 16 points and 10 rebounds as the 11th ranked Auburn defeats the previously undefeated LSU Tigers in their first victory in the SEC Conference opener. I think Auburn has weathered the storm, especially after being on probation for the next four years and their coach being suspended. Their only loss was a double overtime loss to UConn. I think Auburn's going to do well in the SEC tournament as they try to reach the Final Four once again as they made that trip in 2019. The Auburn Tigers will travel to Columbia, South Carolina on Tuesday to take on the Gamecocks. But the one game I'm really looking forward to seeing is January 11th when Auburn takes on Alabama in basketball. Yeah, I'm getting excited for an Auburn-Alabama basketball game. Both teams are top 25 teams. But the next home game that is really going to be a big-ticket game is when Kentucky comes to the Bernard Eves Center as they will take on Auburn on January the 22nd. That's usually a very high-priced ticket item. StubHub usually will have that game For about $100, it is very hard to get tickets to that game, especially when Kentucky comes to Auburn now that Auburn is a basketball powerhouse. I wish I could say the same thing for Georgia. Georgia lost again to a non-conference opponent. This time they lose to Garner Webb for the first time in school history. Garner Webb has beaten the Bulldogs. And I think it's time to part ways with head coach Tom Crean. He did one good thing while he was at Georgia. He recruited Anthony Edwards who is a top prospect in the state of Georgia and the number one draft pick currently plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves. But Georgia right now at 5-9, and nine, there's a reason why these college basketball teams play cupcake teams in non-conference. Because when you get into conference play, the competition gets better and you have to have a winning record if you want to be considered at least for the NIT. Now Georgia is in danger of not even winning 10 wins all season because the SEC is going to get tougher and Georgia's task is not going to be that easy as they will take on Texas A&M in their first SEC conference opener. And then they travel to Rupp Arena to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. You're looking at a Georgia team that is reeling and I just don't understand why they let Mark Fox go When he was actually a decent coach, he led Georgia to two NCAA tournament appearances, and Tom Crean still has a job. Georgia couldn't even win when they had Anthony Edwards. I've said on this show before, I think Tom Crean needs to be let go as Georgia's head coach. The expectations at Georgia is to at least get 18 wins. 20 would be nice, but they need to have a very good non-conference schedule and do average in the SEC, especially when you have some teams that are Very good in the SEC. Well, I jumped the gun on the Trey Lance era starting in San Francisco. It looks like Jimmy Garoppolo will not need surgery on his sprained thumb. And he has a chance to start Week 17 against the Houston Texans. The 49ers can clinch a playoff berth with a win over the Texans and a Saints loss to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers have chosen to start Sam Darnold over Cam Newton. This game is in New Orleans. Not sure who the quarterback is going to be for the Saints, but this is one way the 49ers can get into the playoffs. There are some playoff scenarios where the 49ers have the tiebreak, so the Atlanta Falcons will take on the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Their playoff hopes are starting to fade quickly. There's no signs that Calvin Ridley is going to play in this game. Kyle Pitts made the Pro Bowl, and he could become the first rookie tied in. He could break Mike Dicka's record for most receiving yards by a rookie tied in, and he could surpass 1,000 receiving yards as a tied in, which is pretty impressive for the number 4 overall pick in the draft. Kyle Pitts was the right pick there. The Falcons, even though they've had problems on the offensive line, they could have gotten Panay Sewell. Even though I think Penay Sewell is not the best offensive lineman in the draft from last year, Rashawn Slater has clearly been the best offensive lineman out of that draft. I know that Falcons fans wanted them to take a quarterback there, whether it was Justin Fields or Trey Lance, but that wasn't the case either. Uh, Jamar Chase, he's having a great rookie season as a wide receiver. They could have picked up another wide receiver, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Why pick up another wide receiver when you got Calvin Ridley? The whole reason why the Falcons traded away Julio Jones is because Julio was expensive, he was injury-prone, and now the Falcons could rebuild this year. This has been a success. They're 8-9 on the season, and they have exceeded their expectations as Arthur Smith's first year as head coach. The Jacksonville Jaguars are already talking to some coaching candidates. They've talked to former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson. They've also talked to Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, and those are pretty good candidates, both have reached the Super Bowl. Doug Peterson has actually won a Super Bowl. Jacksonville's got to get the head coach right. they got to get somebody with experience. I don't know if Dan Quinn is ready to be a head coach just yet, but if he is to succeed, I think Jacksonville would be a very good place. Defensive coaches have succeeded before in Jacksonville, like Jack Del Rio. I'd like to see Jacksonville get some stability and some less dysfunction after the debacle with Urban Meyer. And Trevor Lawrence needs a good coach to help him develop as he enters his second year. Jacksonville has a very tall order this Sunday as they will take on the New England Patriots. Well, we have one more day in 2021. I just want to say it's been a very successful year as I'm approaching two years that I have done this podcast. And on tomorrow's show, I'm going to preview the college football playoff games between Alabama and Cincinnati and Georgia and Michigan. And I will also preview Week 17 in the National Football League. Monday night, it could be Ben Roethlisberger's final game as a Pittsburgh Steeler. He's looking to move on, possibly retire. I don't know if he's going to go to another team. And this also has playoff implications because both teams are still alive for the playoffs. That is all the time I have on the show. I do want to thank all my listeners that downloaded my podcast. And don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook channel. And I am always on Twitter and Instagram. I hope that everybody has a great New Year's Eve tomorrow. And I will see you then. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe.